Hello, and welcome to Preacher, a podcast designed around the reality that many of our churches are still shrinking because we're not creating places where everyone can belong. So if you're seeing that reality in your own church, or you've experienced that and left the church, this podcast is for you. So welcome. I am your host, Jen Hale Christie. Quick shout out to our awesome Patreon community, Sarah, Sheila, Steve, and Tom. I'm so grateful for your continued support. If you are listening and you haven't yet joined our Patreon community, now's a great time. You can join with a support level as low as just three bucks a month, and your support keeps this good work going, keeps all the episodes available online. So thank you. Links are in the show notes. Today, we have a very special guest preacher. One of my dear friends and fellow ministers, Sarah Barton, is the university chaplain at Pepperdine, and she is one of my favorite preachers. Today, she is bringing us a word about a little-known character in the New Testament named Joanna. And because Sarah preaches with one foot in the text and one foot in the world around us, she also talks about what is going on in our country and in our world right now and what we can learn from Joanna about how to show up in the world in the midst of what's happening. I'm super excited to share this with you today, so let's listen in. When we picture Jesus traveling through the cities, traveling through the villages of Galilee, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, we usually picture Jesus there with his 12 disciples, and we have these iconic stories and details about most of them. We teach our kids their names in a song in Sunday school. Jesus called them one by one, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. We don't, however, often picture women traveling with Jesus, but Luke tells us they did. So here, this reading from Luke chapter eight, verse one, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him and also some women who'd been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their means. So today I want to talk about the second woman who is named Joanna, the wife of Herod's business manager. Maybe another time we can talk about Susanna. We can talk about Mary Magdalene. You might be wondering if I can get a whole sermon about Joanna from this brief reference. But I think there's so much to say about her. I loved what I found especially from New Testament scholar Ben Witherington in his commentary on on Luke, where I I learned so much. And I'll use some of his information in this sermon. So even though the references we have to Joanna are short, there are surprising things we can learn about her. First, surprise number one, ask the wife of Herod's household manager. And sometimes that's translated business manager. Joanna was not a peasant. She would have been a middle or even a high status woman with some wealth. So when you think about that, it's surprising that instead of living in comfort like she could have, she traveled around Galilee with an itinerant 
rabbi preacher. We know those scenes where James and John left their father's fishing business and followed Jesus and where Matthew walked away from his tax collector's booth. He gave it all up. Well, Joanna left too. She left a powerful household. She gave up some amount of privilege. Today, we might call that one degree of separation from power and privilege. And she followed Jesus. That's surprise number one. Surprise number two, I think this is interesting. In early Jewish culture of that time, women were not supposed to associate with men outside their circle of relatives, much less travel around like that. This was an unusual, this was a radical step in the highly patriarchal culture of ancient Galilee. And it would be in many cultures, even today, to be included among religious men talking about religious things and being a part of ministry. People don't generally like it when women do that. And so I guess we can say that Joanna was courageous and she was determined to be a part of this ministry. Third, Joanna's financial support of Jesus is surprising. Surprise number three. It's, and it's even more surprising than other patrons who are mentioned because Joanna's husband was employed by Herod Antipas. Now, he's the very Herod who beheaded John the Baptist. So we have to wonder if Joanna's husband's employer would have known or approved that she was supporting a cousin of John the Baptist. Jesus called Herod a sly fox, which I don't think was a compliment. So I think we can say Joanna was potentially putting her husband's career at risk and maybe putting their lives at risk. Joanna is getting more and more daring by the minute. A few weeks ago, John and I watched a movie called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. We thought the acting was good and we thought the story was worth watching. And it, it, it was about televangelists. Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, who were on the PTL Network, a Christian ministry show that was popular for many years. And after the movie was over, I went to the website, History versus Hollywood, because I just couldn't believe that some of the events in that movie were true. But most of them were. The Bakers became very rich through their ministry. And eventually, Jim Baker ended up in prison for fraud. People get caught in tax evasion and other financial schemes all the time. But when pastors do that through donations given for God's work by good people who are often sacrificing to do it, it's especially bad. It's, it's bad for the ministry. And ultimately, it's bad for the name of Jesus Christ. So what we see here in Luke is that the patrons who supported Jesus, could see his ministry firsthand. Joanna was not sending in her money and then wondering what happened with it. She was witnessing how Jesus was healing and changing people's lives like Jesus had changed her life. She was a part of a ministry with transparency. Everybody saw where the money was going. 
John and I like attending the business meetings of this congregation every year because there's transparency and there's healthy communication in our world now that can even seem surprising because transparency is not always a given. And there are still more surprises to come because Joanna was in the room where it happened. I think we can say she was in the tomb where it happened. This is the biggest surprise maybe of all time. So listen to Luke chapter 24. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they, as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them and the women were terrified. And then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for somebody who's alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee that the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And then he would rise again on the third day. And then they remembered, they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everybody else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. So here we are with more surprises. This is the fourth surprise, if you're counting. Notice how the women remembered what Jesus had said. It was not only the 12 who had been taught these things in Galilee. The women had also been instructed about the important events in Jesus's life. They had been told to expect the resurrection. They had a role to play as patrons and donors, and they had a role to play as witnesses to the promises Jesus had made and to the good news of their risen Christ and Lord. This is surprising. In that culture where women were generally considered too emotional or too uneducated to be valid witnesses, Generally, they could not serve as witnesses in a court of law, but look what they did. They were the last at the cross. They were the first at the tomb. They were the first to proclaim Jesus to be risen. It's surprising that women were the first witnesses. Most lawyers would tell you it wouldn't be a good idea for winning a legal case to take a chance on the credibility of your witnesses. And now some respected scholars would say something That's also surprising, this is surprise number five, that when the Apostle Paul later mentions several women in Romans chapter 16, one of them has the name Junia. Junia is the Latin equivalent of the Hebrew name Joanna. And so the scholars are asking, could Paul be talking about Joanna, our Joanna from Luke chapter 8 and from Luke chapter 24? And Paul says this about Junia. She was in Christ before he was. And that Paul says she was prominent. She was notable among the apostles. And that's surprising. Maybe it's Joanna. Maybe it's not but it's interesting to see that scholarship. 
Joanna is not a leading lady like Sarah or Rachel or Mary. I don't think I've ever heard a sermon or even a devotional about Joanna, but she's interesting. She's surprising. She's an unexpected qualified witness who proclaims good news. And I know this. We could all use some unexpected good news right now. It has been it has been a hard month with bad news and two terrible mass shootings. At the shooting in Buffalo, it was motivated by racial hatred. And elderly people were killed while shopping for groceries. We as God's people cannot abide racial hatred. We have to witness to the good news of love for all God's children, no matter what. That's our job. We witness to what Jesus has done for all people. And the shooting in Texas. These are our babies and their teachers who loved them and sacrificed for them. There are no words for what has happened. As we think about Memorial Day tomorrow and honor heroes who pay the ultimate price for others, we can remember Irma Garcia and Eva Morales teachers who laid down their lives for others in a setting that was like war, a war that took place in an elementary school. Just turn on the news. Ukraine, Taiwan, the Southern Baptist Convention. We are in a hard season of life and there's a whole world out there with broken people in need of healing, with big problems that desperately need the reconciling love of God. And we, we are qualified witnesses. It may sound like nonsense to some people, but we have to share what we have experienced in Jesus Christ and our actions must match our words. Why would anyone listen to us if our actions do not match our words? We are called and qualified to get out there and to do this work with Jesus. What were Joanna's qualifications? She knew Jesus and she was changed by him. She had been healed, she had been saved, and she was changed by that. So she acted like she knew him. She was sacrificial with her money, and she was sacrificial with her whole life. She followed Jesus out of her safe place. She stayed with him even when others didn't, even at the foot of the cross, all the way to the tomb. And what are our qualifications? We know Jesus and we're changed by him. We have been saved. We have been healed and we are changed by that. So we have to act like we know him to be sacrificial with our money, to be sacrificial with our actions, to follow Jesus out of our safe places and speak up about injustices, to take up our cross and to stay with Jesus at that cross even when others do not, even when others think it's nonsense, they will see the truth in the end. And the truth is found in the Prince of Peace. Joanna could have gone the way of swords. She could have gone the way of weapons. 
She could have gone the way of political power and kings. She could have gone with Herod who cut off heads, but she did not. Joanna went with Jesus. She gave up her stuff and she sided with the one who refused violence, who told Peter to put down his weapon and showed him and all of us what it really means to be a man. You may feel small. You may think you're unknown, like Joanna, almost a footnote in history. As a church, we may wonder what we can do in light of all these tragedies in the world. But remember this. Jesus loves it when we remember what he has taught us, that God has promised life will win in the end. Death will be destroyed once and for all. Jesus loves it when we remember that God is reconciling all things, even when it seems all is lost. So I hope you will leave today encouraged. I hope you will leave emboldened by the life of Joanna, a woman whose legacy teaches us never to give up on Jesus and never to stop the work Jesus calls us to do. Amen. If today you find yourself on the outside without a seat at the table or a voice in the conversation, may you lean into the truth that you're always welcome in God's community. If you are one who wears the name minister, pastor, elder, shepherd, or are otherwise known as a faith leader, may you extend God's yes to those you might have said no to in the past. May you be emboldened and encouraged to honor the space that God has already created for all. Let's build bigger tables together. If something in you was stirred today, reach out. Hearing from you really does help to shape the future of this podcast. You'll have the greatest impact and opportunities for engagement by joining our Patreon community by clicking that Become a Patron button on our page, patreon.com slash jenhalechristy. And I would love for you to connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook at jenhalechristy. Lastly, you would really help others to connect with this work if you would subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next time.